I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Celebrity Pedophile Higher or Lower. Oh, oh no, sorry, <laughs> wrong show, wrong show. Hello and welcome to Goats, the podcast that separates the G's from the O's. Before we get started, go give us a cheeky follow on Instagram at the underscore goats underscore pod and go and give us a bunch of money on Patreon at patreon.com slash the goats podcast. This week, I'm joined as always, by two very special guys. I met down the old fucking boozer, mate. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. With a combined criminal record longer than the Lost Prophets, it's Michael and Vinny. How are you doing? That's hey. fucked up what you just said, by the way. <laughs> Have you read that what? fucking transcript of the court hearing of the Lost Prophets? No, I don't Prophets want to. It's horrible. It's He's gr- not a good guy. It's worse than you'd imagine, in fact. Sorry. Is he a pedo or something? Oh, a, a mega, mega pedo. Oh. Oh, he was a pedophobe. Oh, okay. Proper pedophobe. <laughs> He's your favourite pedo's favourite pedo, mate. He is like serious. <laughs> your favourite pedo. <laughs> yeah, I'm good, mate. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Uh, I'm very happy this morning because it's raining. I know. You're thinking, what? Why are you happy it's raining? I'm happy it's raining because all the all the people in the street can't have their party. Yes, I know. I've stooped that low. I'm that... <laughs> Fucking bitter. Not bitter, but just, I don't know. I don't know what the word is. What is the word? Uh, yeah, bitter. bitter sad. Just lonely, that mean, Unhappy. Piece of shit. Hmm. Ugly on the inside. Yeah. I just think it's funny that it's raining. <laughs> so they can't have their party. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> yeah. I've stooped, I've stooped that low. This is, about, this is how low I've come, but never mind. How are you both feeling about the old Cory Nash? Uh, don't give a shit. No, yeah. I really can either. <laughs> Get on with it if you want, mate. I'm more buzzing that the Tories lost over a thousand seats yesterday. Yeah, really? Yeah, they lost forty plus councils and like a thousand councillors. Shit! It's almost like being a bunch of slimy nonces has caught up with them. Yes, Who'd it have is. seen that coming? <laughs> it's almost like fucking the country up the arsehole without any lube since the Brexit vote. The person getting fucked has finally turned around and said, ouch, please stop. <laughs> Mate, do you know what I think it is, right? We're not a political show, obviously. That, like, we, try, we don't get too political. But I just think people have started to realise 
that like all the not spending any money and giving it to all their mates has kind of caught up with the country a bit. Like I was driving along the other day and I saw a pothole bigger than my car. Yeah. Like what the fuck is going on? <laughs> we're not. Yeah. We're, we're a first world country. We're a developed country, and there are <laughs> potholes bigger than my own car. <laughs> the problem with the potholes is, is they fill them in in the rain. I've seen them in the village. There's a massive one that keeps getting. It keeps coming back, and you're like, "How does it keep coming back?" They filled it in. It's because I saw them not longer. They're f- they're just filling it in in the rain. I'm like, "What are you doing, man? It's got to be dry. The, it's just gonna all that tra- tarmac you just put is just gonna come back out." Honestly, I was hanging out with a couple of my um, Dutch friends because they came to visit up in Shrewsbury last week, and they were like, "What the fuck is that?" Whenever they saw a pothole, because like the Netherlands is like so yeah. efficient and like well managed, like the roads, like they pay a shit ton of road tax, but it like it goes into the roads and being mm, like yeah. perfect, and like they were just like, "What is your government spending the money on?" We're like, oh, "Fuck it, I don't know, mate." <laughs> <laughs> Parties and shit. Yeah, I it. Cool. Other than that, I'm all good. How are you, Seb? Yeah, I'm right. I drove down to the old Devon last night um, mm-hmm. for the Corrie Nash weekend, um, so should be should be a good time. Um, yeah, just I'm a bit tired. I'm not going to lie, I'm a bit tired. Mm. I didn't get down until like gone one last night, and I was up at fucking eight. So I'm a little bit, just a little bit, <laughs> ooh, a little bit, blah, 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 blah. but mm, um, okay. I'm feeling good. Do you know what? I'm happy Sweet. to see you, boys. Um, that's a start <laughs> yeah that's a good start isn't it I quite like doing this show so that helps yeah. you know instead of like right, fuck's sake it's these twats again yeah <laughs> I mean, you you what know. goat are you going to give either there you f- fucking nonsense <laughs> <laughs> Get you right anyway look I think we should probably crack on yeah crack crack don't, don't mention crack because when you mention crack <laughs> you make just, you really want some yeah. crack yeah I was just going to say that Sam so, here we go. Albums. Feathery little bottoms that bring joy to millions across the world. But which is best? The perky screech owl or the mighty eagle owl? There's only one way to find out. If you can't hear, my eyes are rolling very fucking loudly. <laughs> you made the same... Owl <laughs> That is such a stretch of a joke. <laughs> I, so I know bad. I keep mentioning it, but Barack Obama would be ashamed. <laughs> albums! Perky little albums! Feathery little bums! Yay. Alright then. Nah, alright. This is what I've written here. Nah, alright. Albums. <laughs> A collective body of music compiled by an artist, band, or record label. The worst will make you question why you haven't just bin them off entirely and just use shuffle. And the best will make things you've never felt before. Like an owl's bum. But which is best? Guan! Convince me. What? What was that? An owl noise? No, it's like, guan. Guan. Oh. No, an owl <laughs> noise owl would be like, like... <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was doing. I thought it went like, guan! And I was like, what, what the fuck was that? <laughs> it's an owl bum. <laughs> it's an owl bum. <laughs> they do have little perky little bottoms, don't they? Like, well... I don't, I don't know. know. I don't go around staring at owl asses. <laughs> They're not owl asses. Don't sexualise them. It's an owl bum. That's advanced. Just a little bum bum. Holiness. What? <laughs> Just a little boob. Just two little cheeks. Stop squeezing little them. Little feathery little cheeks. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Why are you squeezing them? 
just just to see how perky they are. Like you got a little one that's got like a little Harry Potter with you. Like a little, little, <laughs> tiny little bum, and then you got one of those massive ones that's a bit more of like a. Yeah. Like right. a yeah. Can we? I'm glad you thought about this. <laughs> Can we get on with the show? <laughs> Shall I go first, Seb? You can go first, mate. Right. So, I had a think and a Google, obviously, about the greatest albums of all time because nothing came to my head straight away. On the lists on the Google, on the old Google, there was just a, like a bunch of Beatles albums. I was like, oh yeah, that's interesting. Owls do love Beatles. Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd. Could that be the goat? Loads of Bob Dylan. The Doors. Some Elvis stuff. And I thought, that's all great. Like, that's, that's pretty, that's okay. And maybe it's, you know, maybe they're some of the goats, but. Really, all I'm doing is just listing albums that I've never actually listened to. And yeah, sure, I could just pick one of these as the go, and that would be the popular way to go, and it would get me a few points, because I'm cool and trendy, and I think Bob Dylan's the fucking best. But I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stick to my guns, and I'm going to pick an album that I've actually listened to. So then I looked through the list again and started thinking of some of my favourite albums to see what I could come up with. Now, obviously, first thing that was there was Bat Out of Hell, right? It's well up there, although I didn't pick Bat Out of Hell because I think I've already staked a pretty good claim for Meatloaf's greatness, which was totally disrespectfully laughed away by you two. So that was that bubble busted. (laughs) Good. Talking about You busted busted on Meatloaf, mate. Don't ruin my segue. (laughs) Talking about Busted, what about the first album by Busted titled Busted? It's a belter. <laughs> right, you can interject your little quip now, Seb. Honestly. No, I mean, I just... Uh, you, you've played yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the first Busted album is a belter, but I just feel no, like you not. guys wouldn't Stop fully appreciate that. it. It is. It's a good album, but you wouldn't fully appreciate it because... You just because I'm not an eleven-year-old in two thousand. Well, I also wasn't eleven in two thousand. What in nineteen eighty-nine? Old man, walk over here. But then I was like, oh, what about hip hop? Probably my favourite genre of music. And I thought, oh, Good Kid, Mad City. That's a fucking great album. It's got a great story. It flows well. One of the best rap albums ever made. What about two thousand and one by Dr. Dre? Just that is like the ultimate driving album. Like, there's the beats. Like, on my old sound system in my Clio, that, that album fucking slapped. What about the Marshall Mathers LP? Eminem's best work? Maybe. Or, if you you know, if your tastes change, what about the Slim Shady LP? All amazing. And these are albums that defined my childhood. But then, that got me thinking nostalgically. And I was like, maybe it's none of these that I've listed. And because I, I was in a nostalgic mood, I thought about Linkin Park. Hybrid Theory, one of the best-selling albums of all time. And I think it was the best-selling album of the 2000s. That's a fucking album, man. Really? That is a great album. I think so. Hang on, I'm just going to Or Linkin Park as a band of the best-selling band of the 2000s. Like, released in the 2000s. That is really interesting, if that's true. I don't know if that is true. Apparently, James, James Blunt's Back to Bed Lamb... Oh, fuck James Blunt. Oh, I love James Blunt. 
No, you don't. The Beatles are even over. Uh, they were just fun. they were just three wise men trying to have some fun, guys. No, that's I'll... us. No, we're not. No, we're not. Oh Do not God. bring James Blunt into this. We're just three wise men trying to have some fun. We're not wise. Well, you're not. Exactly. Right. Maybe my stat about hybrid theory was wrong, but it, there's something. There's some, there's some interesting stuff about the album. It's a fucking banger. It's an absolute banger. It sold very well as well. Yeah, yeah and the follow-up Matora as well is just amazing. Numb. I've become so numb. And a special shout-out to another Linkin Park album, Reanimation. I know that that's one of Vinny's favourites. It's a great remix album of some of the classic Linkin Park songs. If you haven't listened to it, fucking get on it. It's, it's amazing. It's Linkin Park, but cool, because it's uh, a lot more rapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's like, yeah, it's all remixed and stuff. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's cool. And then while I was on this nostalgia trip after this fat pill of nostalgia, um, it hit me in a tidal wave of joy and eardrum orgasm. I all of a sudden I just knew what the Go album was. In 2001, an album released that would become one of my all-time favorites, and I have listened to it countless times. And I mean countless. I could not have an estimate of how many times I've listened to this album. There are no bad songs on this list. There's not one that you would skip or wish you were on shuffle, like Seb said. Each track flows into the next perfectly. It has some serious tracks that make you think, some more laid-back ones some bangers that you can just kick back to play in the car lyrics and beats off the chart it's got party songs and even a hidden track which is a great sign of a good album if it's got a hidden track i know exactly what you've picked can you tell what it is yet also yes. when i was looking up can you tell what it is i was trying to find the meme for it and then i was like shit rolf harris said that He's a pedo. Maybe I should cut it out, but obviously I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know. know can is. you tell what it is yet? Is a uh, Rolf Harris quote, and I was like, shit. Maybe I shouldn't yeah, say that. Yeah, he used to say, there. "Can you tell what it is yet?" And he'd be drawing, and then he'd also be nonsing a kid. Yeah, exactly. But um, can you? Uh, yeah, D twelve. That D twelve album, right? Obviously, it's D twelve. The Dirty Dozen. The Detroit Twelve with the album, their debut album. Devil's Night. Now, firstly, we need to establish who are D12. Well, they're a rap supergroup comprised of six members. Bizarre, Proof, Swift, Conniver, Mr. Porter, and of course, their illustrious leader, Eminem. And I know what you're thinking, but Mork, you fool, you can't count. That's only six. They're called D12. Well, <laughs> there are in fact 12 members. <laughs> As each rapper has their own alter ego. Bizarre oh. goes by Peter S. Bizarre. Proof, Dirty Harry. Swift, Swifty McVeigh. Conniver, Rondell Bean. Mr. Porter, Con Artist. And Eminem, the leader, obviously, is Slim Shady. And that's what makes up the D12. So, this group's got fucking pedigree. Like I said, Eminem's the leader, and obviously, he's one of hip-hop's undisputed goats. And at the time that this album was released, he was in his fucking prime. It was the same time as Sim Shady LP, Marshall Mathers LP. I thought the whole thing was that Conniver was actually, like, the lead singer of the band. They do a whole song about it. Yeah, that's like an intro. That, that's in the next album. That's like a 
you know, lo- they're looking at themselves and joking about the fact that everyone just thinks that D12 is just Eminem's band, but like, it's not. They're all childhood mates and they're all like, they're all sick. They're all equal in the band. But then why do you keep saying Eminem's the leader of the band? It kind of says he's the leader, but he's not really. I'm getting to it. Now, proof. He's Eminem's best friend and a freestyle wizard. R.I.P. Pull one out. Bizarre is the big fat man with the sickest bars. And I don't mean sick as in ill. I mean just fucking nasty, son. Like, he just spits the the nastiest, dirtiest shit. And we'll get on to some of his lyrics later. And then the other three, I didn't want to go into all of them super deep. Because those three are the, are the best ones. But the other three are all fucking great rappers and lyricists in their own right. Denan, who is Mr. Porter, he's actually Eminem's hype man, has been touring with Eminem for, like, ever. Like, they're all fucking great rappers. They all have their own interesting flows, and they're all unique lyrics and styles and everything else. They all hold their own. And a great album needs great artists. If you've got a group, it needs all artists to be banging. You won't find an outcast in this group. There's no fucking Ringo here. (laughs) Except for Eminem. He's their Ringo star. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The best member of the band. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So, let's get into the album itself. As I said, it was released in 2001, and it was the first mainstream album by D12 to be released on a record label. The album opens with a prime Eminem classic trope. It's a skit called another public service announcement. All of his albums start like this, and this one's the same. A narrator says that this is another public service announcement before being smacked and tied up by one of the Dirty Dozen who steals the mic, and he then says that if you get offended by words like bitch, hoe, pussy, then you should just turn this off because that is the only shit that you're going to hear, and that you should remember if you fuck around with us, then shit can happen and as he says that the beat kicks in track two plays shit can happen bitch shit can happen shit can happen so you're gonna sing the entire the next album track for us plays. please <laughs> <laughs> i would love I could. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolute peak creativity it's seamlessly splicing the skit into the next track so that they as you listen to it as an album as it's intended to be listened to it just meshes together perfectly it's not just a collection of songs it's a full album after shit can happen we're treated to an incredible verse by proof on the next song pistol pistol step in the draw wave in my foe foe blazing at po po escaping and lay low it's pure 2000s rap at its fucking finest. Pure cringe over here at its finest. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with saying, waving my foe foe, blazing a pole pole, escaping and lay low? You live in a village in rural Devon, that's why. So? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make it up, did I? It's relatable. <laughs> We move from this track into a skit with Bizarre, which, as before, goes perfectly into the next song that follows, Nasty Mind. What is on your nasty mind? (laughs) Nasty mind! Nasty mind! (laughs) Which explores the mind of Bizarre and is foul. 
disgusting but incredible lyrics. He has a slow, and it's almost like a drooling flow, but it just sounds so perfect. It's, he's such a good and underrated rapper. Then we get the bouncy synth of It Ain't Nothing But Music, a more party track, followed by the slow and sinister American Psycho, which is one of the standout tracks of this album for its menacing vibe and dangerous lyrics. And it goes like this. You about to journey into the mind of a psychopath killer, blood spiller, mentality much iller. It's fucking raw, it's dirty, it makes, fucking gets you hyped. American Psycho is a banger, and American Psycho 2 featuring um, Cypress Hill on the next album is also a fucking great song. We then move into the That's How skit, which has the group performing a song live on stage when a fight breaks out, and the members all leap off the stage to just slap up some fools. And that again follows into the next track, That's How People, in brackets, get fucked up. And we get a violent and aggressive track. Then the second half of the album starts, and this is where the album starts to go from like a 10 out of 10 to a billion out of 10. The next song is the biggest single release from the album, Purple Pills which is a love story from the group to drugs. And it's groovy, it makes you move, and it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> you Are you going to do the... Go on, do a bit. Do a bit. I want to hear a bit. I've been so many places. I've seen so many faces. But nothing compares to these blue and yellow purple pills. I've climbed a mushroom mountain. Once or twice, but who's counting? But nothing compares to these blue and yellow purple pills. Cool, calm, just like my mom with a couple of Valium inside her palm. It's Mr. Mischief with a trick up her sleeve. So fucking good. Honestly, it's a great, it's a great song it has a moment where i think one of them's like overdosing then he's like nah he's fine and they just like give him some crack and it's it's great but it's a bouncy song it's one of the biggest singles released from the album Vinny, it's a good song uh yeah i haven't honestly haven't heard anything from d12 in like maybe five six years probably at this point but well, I, I remember. From, I remember liking it. I remember liking it. After purple pill, after purple pills, or purple hills, we then move in. Which is the video pur- version? Or purple hills for the censored, censored version? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And some of those lyrics may have been from the censored version anyway, because the lyrics aren't are a bit messed up on Google. Hmm. And then we move into the next biggest single sold from the album, "Fight Music." The electric guitar starts pumping, and this is a motivational song. It hits so fucking hard. Eminem comes out with a lyric like this. If I could capture the rage of today's youth and bottle it, crush the glass with my bare hands and swallow it, spit it back in the faces of you racists and hypocrites who think the same shit but don't say shit. And then, Bizarre comes out with this line. You know why my hands are so numb? No. My grandmother sucked my dick and I didn't come. Oh. (laughs) Perfectly juxtaposing the style and flow of each rapper. I said Bizarre's raps were filthy and dirty, and they are. And that is about all I can quote from Bizarre. That's, 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 that's the safest one. <laughs> I can't yeah. do it anymore. There's, there's a couple in my mind that I'm like, I probably shouldn't say on the show. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say on the show. Yeah. And then we move into a violent fight track called Instigator. Fricka, fricka, I'm an instigator. <laughs> can't you see? Ain't nobody worse than me. I'll be the first to be, first to squeeze. 
And I haven't really alluded to this yet in my presentation, but in fact, this album and this song especially, I know that Vinny fucking loves this album. Because we used to listen to this album on repeat growing up. We used to fucking love it. And this track in particular was a highlight because we would pretend to write new lyrics to the song Instigator as diss tracks. Vinny, let me jog your memory. Rudy, can't you see? Ain't nobody worse than me. I'll have you on your knees begging, please. Who's <laughs> Rudy? In it. Who in the fuck is Rudy? <laughs> he was our arch nemesis, you remember? I never met the lad. He was like some. <laughs> you went to cadets or something, or he, he was, was just in your, your yeah. Class? He was some guy from cadets who was um. He was like a, a southwest rapper, and we were like, oh, "Fuck this guy! He's got a corny flow. We're gonna write a diss track to him." Hmm? Jimmy? Yeah. <laughs> We you actually like, know his real name. I don't even know his real name. Beep <laughs> out his real name because you don't want to put people's real names on. But yeah, he went to the same school as my stepsister. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, Rudy, can't you see? <laughs> Shut Ain't nobody worse than me. Argent, mate, do you know what? We should get him on the show. We should have rap battle. <laughs> rap battle. Yes. Oh my oh, god, I'm actually going to message him. Let's do that. Let's no, that's not. <laughs> I don't want him to know that I was secretly fucking beefing him. Walks getting red on the face. He's scared he'll lose uh, a rap battle. Not <laughs> He's gonna lose, I'm scared mate. of shit. He's too son. scared, you know me. He hasn't nah. got the bars, mate. He can't keep up with Rudy. Rudy, get juicy. <laughs> Listen. So I know. I just want to. Put, I just want to put that out there that this album has got Vinny's seal of approval, and I know that holds weight with Seb. <laughs> I didn't so, say it. And what? and at the time, me and Vinny, we were young, dumb, we were full of cum. And that is another lyric from this album. Next, we move on to "Pimp Like Me," which is an absolute banger and an amazing, bizarre verse, which I can't quote a single word from. All about pimping and hoes. Mm-hmm. Blow my buzz is the next song where the crew rap about having a good time, getting fucked up. Don't blow my buzz, yo. After this, we get the first ever introduction to Obi Trice in a little skit, and a kind of rap by him, where he drops a Foo Schnickens reference, underground since the Foo Schnickens, and only true Gs will know who the Foo Schnickens are. Only true white men will know. <laughs> yeah, right, only, only three white men from Devon will know <laughs> who the, the Foo Schnickens are. This obscure 90s hip-hop group from New York, where the fuck they were from. We then get to the title track as the album starts to finish, Devil's Night. And it's a slow, menacing beat with sirens in the background and the crew is in full rap force exquisite mode, rapping the realest shit. Then we get to the end and Eminem's classic trope with a skit of Steve Berman, one of his producers, shouting at him, telling him this album's never coming out because the foul looks and it's just basically shit and Eminem's just trying to fuck him over. He does this on all of his albums. Obviously, it's like a interlooking reference or whatever. And then the last track on the album is Revelation, a heavy guitar riff and a Pink Floyd references throughout about not needing school, talking about life on the fucking streets, and growing up it closes the album out with perfection but wait if you're real like me and you have a physical copy of the album which obviously i did and i still have then after this song a 19th track plays called girls and this is an eminem solo track and it's a diss to limp biscuit who M had beef with at the time and in my opinion it's one of the best disses 
Eminem's ever made. The lyrics are top fucking notch. He kills Limp Bizkit. I don't know how they made music after that because he absolutely annihilates them. And with that, the greatest album of all time ends. Every track is awesome and for all different reasons. The beats are lit. The lyrics are incredible and it shows. It shows how good the group is. The fact that Eminem doesn't even appear on every single song. Because although they mention sarcastically how he's the main one and he's the only one people care about and they're all copying him and without him they wouldn't be shit, it's, it's not true. The whole crew holds their own. They're all incredible, exceptional rappers in their own right with a unique style. They're a crew that has known each other since day one when they were kids. The back and forth and the chemistry is there for everyone to see and I think it's unique among this album and group. You don't often get that with bands and rap groups where... You can just tell they're friends and they just flow so perfectly into each other, finish each other's rhymes, finish each other's sentences. It's seamless and they don't need Eminem to carry the album at all. It's not an Eminem album. They aren't riding Eminem's dick. They're just a solid group of friends who make sick beats, rap sick bars, and they made... They even made the greatest album of all time. And if you don't agree with me... And just remember, that's how we... No, no, I'm joking. If you don't agree with me, just listen to it back to front and again and again and again. And it just flows so well, unlike some albums, which I feel like are just a smash together of songs. It feels like every song has its place on this album. Every song has its purpose. They interchange into the next one with meaning. Once you've listened to this, you'll understand that it's the best ever album. And if you don't agree with me, and just remember that shit can happen, bitch. Shit can happen. What? Shit can happen. Shit can happen. <laughs> shit can happen. Wow. Wow. Nice. I like that. Do you know what the worst bit is for you, Mork? What? Never listen to it. Fuck. <laughs> Never listen to it. Well, in it, you got to listen to what I just said then. Go and listen to it. Do you know what, though? I think in a way it's almost better because you gave me such a... What's the word I'm looking for? A vivid rendition Mm. that I kind of can look at it objectively rather than subjectively because I think if I'd listened to it, I'd then be like... Because the trouble with the album one, right, is Mm. if it's just two albums that I've heard, then it's just me deciding which album I like the best. Mm. Whereas it's probably better if I've not heard it. And then I can just judge based on what you're actually saying. Mm. That's true, that's true. Look, let's do a middle bit. Now, I I have got like a little quizzy bit, but I just wanted to ask you quickly, because I don't know if this is... I was just interested more than anything. Mork, obviously, we know what album you've done. Vinny, we don't know what you've done yet. Mm. Have the albums that you've picked, are the albums that you've picked, would you say, nope. your most listened to albums? Oh. Mm. It's up there. Yeah, it's up there. It might... It's up there. I don't know if I could say what my number one is most listened to, but I could maybe collect, like, so. eight albums, and it's yeah. one of those eight. Right, that's interesting. What I've done here is I've pulled up the top albums ever sold worldwide. Yeah. Now, we're going off here certified copies sold, not alleged copies sold, because, like, otherwise it just gets really out of hand. Right, yeah. 
And what I'm going to do is we're going to take it in turns. And a bit like Celebrity Pedophile, Higher or Lower, I'm going to ask you which album has sold more. Okay. So, Mort, because you went first in the old chitty chat, V-Dog, you're going to be up first. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to have to be in charge of the points because it's not going to be me. Question one, Vinny. Which album has sold more copies as of right now? Mm-hmm. Metallica by the band Metallica mm-hmm. or Bad by Michael Jackson? Oh, that's probably... That's tough. Was Metallica's self-titled album... It wasn't their first, was it? Because... I think of, it might have been. Wasn't Master of Puppets their first? Oh, no, Metallica is the fifth studio album by the band Metallica. Yeah, it's the black one, isn't it? I think so, yeah. But Chicks like that t-shirt, so... Oh, man. See, I'd, I would have said Bad by Michael Jackson, just because it's Michael Jackson. But I'm going to go with Metallica. I'm just going to... I feel like... I, I'm just going to go with Metallica. I might be wrong. So, you are correct. Yay! So, Michael Jackson's... The claimed sales for Michael Jackson's bad are massively higher than those for Metallica by, like, almost 5, 10 million or something. It's like like a huge amount more. But the certified copies sold Hmm. are 21.2 million to Michael Jackson's bad, 22.7 to Metallica's Metallica. Oh, wow. Which I thought was quite interesting. So, Mork, here's a question for you. Yep. Metallica by Metallica or Bat Out of Hell by Meat Load? Bat Out of Hell. I just want to reiterate here that we are going off certified copies sold. If it ain't Bat Out of Hell, I'm walking out. You're wrong. Well, Metallica like a bat out of hell, I'll be gone, gone, gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Mork just left. <laughs> he's, got, he's vaporized. He's laughing so loudly, he just though. Left on a, <laughs> it sounds like he's he right left next to the microphone. On a motorbike. <laughs> yeah, Meatloaf claim sales forty three million, certified copies twenty two million. So Jesus. Metallica wins by point seven million. Jesus, point seven. That's not a win. That's not enough for a win. Well, it is. Well, I mean, it is enough for a win. So <laughs> it's still seven hundred thousand copies. That's still quite a lot. <laughs> Okay, twice as so, many as Devil's Night. <laughs> back to V-Dog. Yep. Metallica by the band Metallica. Okay, okay. Or Nevermind by, by the band Nirvana. I'm just going to... I'll just go for Nirvana. I, want, I, want, I don't want to pick Metallica again. So, unfortunately, you were wrong. Um, Nirvana, <laughs> only 17.8 million. Wow. Not even more than Meatload. No. No, I think fair, that yeah, speaks not, not worse even. on the population than it does on Nevermind. Yeah, I think it probably does. So, Michael, back to you. This is your second question. Let me guess. It's Metallica by Metallica. No, that's not how it works. Is that how it's supposed to work? Anyway, it's not going to how it's work now. <laughs> um, so, Nirvana, Nevermind. Yeah. Or the Marshall Mathers LP. The Marshall Mathers LP, surely. Really? I don't know, it went 10 times platinum, so that's 10 million. So, no, actually. No, the other one. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> Never mind by Nirvana. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm going to take your deliberation. Fair play. Yes. Uh, Nirvana has outsold by 0.3 million, so 300,000 more copies. So not oh, a massive man. amount. Not massively, no. Fair play. And they're neck on neck on claim sales, but obviously we're not doing those. So, back to you, Vinny. Mm-hmm. Now, here we're going to go for, and this is a bit of a hippity hop question. Okay. And I know you're a big fan of Mr. Eminem. Not really. So we're going to go for a double M&M question. I know you love him a lot. I know he's probably your favourite artist. Got like several M&M um, tattoos, yeah. On your dick. So <laughs> All on my dick. <laughs> what has sold more albums? The Marshall Mathers LP Slim Shady. or the M&M show? M&M show. Oh. I'd probably go for the M&M show. I don't agree with it. I think Marshmallow's LP is better, but I'd probably say Eminem's show might have sold more. Would you agree with that, Morg? I'm, I'm going to go with that, but would you agree? I would I would say the Marshmallow's LP might be his best-selling album. Oh, okay. I'm probably wrong then. Either that or Recovery, because although, again, I disagree, that was a newer album that came out, but I feel like it was bigger in the, when he started out, yeah. so. Uh, yeah, my, my answer's Eminem's show. So you are... Correct. The oh, Eminem ooh. show sold 19.1 million, and obviously Eminem's Marshall Mathers LP only 17.5. Just goes to show, record sales are not an indication of how good an album is. I think Eminem's show is a bit more poppy than Marshall Mathers LP. Yeah. Especially because Marshall Mathers LP has that one song, Kim, which honestly, whenever I listen to the album, I kind of have to skip <laughs> because I'm not 15 yeah. yet. I'm not 15 years old anymore, and I don't think it's <laughs> like funny to laugh at someone brutally screaming at being murdered. Like, it's, it's, not that, it's not that enjoyable when you stop being an edgy no. teenager, you know? <laughs> Listening to a murder track, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's like six minutes of someone being murdered. It's like, I, I just want to listen to music now, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, Vinny, that was your last question. You're on, I believe, two points. Yeah, two points. Mork needs to get this one. Mork needs to get this one, and then we'll go to a tiebreaker. So, I'm just going to go for two two bands that I think you're particularly a big fan of, actually. Yeah. So, Cold Spice Man. Girls, debut yeah. album, Spice. Ooh-hoo. Right. Or Millennium by the Backstreet Boys. Oh, it's got to be the Backstreet Boys, hasn't it? Backstreet's back. back. All right. Mm-mm-mm. I don't know actually though. Just trying to. I'm trying to like logic it. Who would have been Spice Girls listeners? Would it have been girls? Because Backstreet Boy listeners would have been girls, wouldn't it? Would have been like teenage girls who have the f- the fittest one posted up on their wall, and they they buy albums in fucking droves. Like look at fucking justin bieber and all that shit but who would have bought a spice girls album don't know (laughs) don't know why you would do that so oh god but the spice girls were apparently like the greatest thing ever weren't they They're huge for absolutely no reason so fuck it i'll go with spice girls yeah i would have gone with spice girls you biffed it that's unfortunate vinny wins Backstreet Boys Millennium, 18.4 million copies sold, whereas Spice Girls, only 16.4. Now, just as a quick bonus question, I just want to see if any of you know, either of you know this. It was going to be the tiebreaker because it was going to just be a shout out. I'm pretty sure probably Vinny would have got this anyway. So, you know what, Michael, if you can shout this out quicker than Vinny, I'll give you the point and you can say we've drawn. Why would Vinny have got it? What's wrong with my music knowledge? What are you saying? (laughs) That I don't have a good taste in music. 
No, I just think the sort of question I'm about to ask is more at Vinny's knowledge path than yours. like 10,000 million divided by 4 square root of pi x equals minus 2 or something shit like that? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> no, it was just what album has sold the most certified Thriller. copies globally? Thriller. Yeah, it's Thriller, isn't it? Yeah, well, Vinny got there first, didn't he? So, yeah. yeah but I knew what it was as well. I, I only didn't say, <laughs> yeah, I know, I only I didn't say <laughs> it quicker because I didn't know Vinny was going to say it. I thought I had a chance to <laughs> say it <laughs> <laughs> that's like a pub quiz question yeah oh fuck it look i'll give you one more go oh. what's the second most certified album sold dark side of the moon some album by no, you two no it's that acdc one the really shit one i mean they're all shit it's acdc no the eagles the the fucking best of the eagles how have you got that you googled yes! that I've no you've that googled before. that not right now best but i have eagles. seen that list before yeah, it is. It's the Eagles' greatest hits. Yeah. Wow. Because I was like, I'd never even heard of the Eagles. I was like, who the fuck are these lot? That's shocking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> the Eagles' greatest hits has sold more than Hotel California, which is the third most sold album of all time. So the Eagles are the only artists who are in the top 10 twice. Wow. Shit. And these twelve aren't even in it once. That's a fucking disgrace. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's worked against you, unfortunately. Um, no, it hasn't. So, we just established album sales are not a true replica. No, re- right. We're saying it greatness. right here, right now. The Eagles' greatest hits is a better album than whatever fucking D twelve shit you just talked about. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> no pulled oh, punches. Paper. No pulled punches. Holy shit! <laughs> It's statistically true. You're into your fucking XG. Anyway, Finny, um, that was an interesting middle bit, I think. Uh, well done, Seb, for putting that together. Well done, Seb. Well done, bye. Thanks, mate. And, um, yeah, well, fucking Finny, why don't we hear what you've got to say about... Um, Can we just not? I don't know. Can album. we just actually not? Just Love you, bye. Well, I know Seb's not going to pick mine because he just said the fucking Eagles were better, and it's definitely not better. That was... I was memeing you, mate. Don't take it Vinny. seriously, man. No, uh, learn Vinny, to meme. Vinny. Yo. Vinny, is the Eagles better than D12, mate? Mm. <laughs> I mean, I do quite like the Eagles. You probably shouldn't have said that. I know, that, like, yeah. yeah, two Eagles songs, so I, I, I have no idea. <laughs> Ain't got nothing on Pimp Like Me. <laughs> right, anyway, moving on. Uh, does someone want to time me, or should I just go freestyle? No, I'll tie you, V-Dog, don't worry. Right. The Beatles. Need I say more? Yes. Yeah, yeah I should probably should. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's not a bold statement to say that they're the biggest band of all time. And by biggest, I mean most popular. I mean, they are currently the highest selling band of all time, beating out second place Elvis Presley, by a small, mere 100 million sales. So I feel like <laughs> we could all agree that, you know, whether you like, love, hate, mm. kind of mild about them, they're extremely popular. People have definitely heard of the Beatles. They are, I would, I genuinely, I don't think it's a bold statement to say they are the, the most popular band of all time, like, and just the biggest and by that regard. Yeah. So I'm just going to get into it. We all know the Beatles. And hot after the release of the White Album in 68, which was more or less a compilation of the Beatles' solo work with very minimal coordination between each of the band members, they had begun recording the Let It Be sessions. 
during which tensions were at an all-time high. George left the band at some point. John was too busy doing heroin to come into the studio in the mornings. And <laughs> Paul was getting increasingly frustrated, having to carry the band on his back the entire time. And also Ringo was there. Hey, fuck off, uh, Yeah, by the way, I, <laughs> I thought it'd be really funny last night to replace every time I say Paul with Paul with quotation marks. Yeah, because he's not Paul. At this point, he's dead, isn't he? He died yeah, already. Yeah, he, he died like three years yeah. prior. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Every time Vinny says Paul, just um, just think we're Billy. Really, is Billy's Billy, years, Billy. but we're going by his, yeah. his lizard name, Paul. <laughs> Needless to say, everyone, everyone, and their mothers knew the Beatles were gonna break up soon. It was inevitable. But that is when Paul, in quotation marks, called up their old producer George Martin to let him know that they wanted to do one final record before calling it quicks. This was a shock to George Martin, who himself left the band due to these tensions, but somehow Paul had convinced the Fab Four to go out on one last hurrah. George Martin agreed, and they began work on what would become Abbey Road in early 1969. And I am just going to do a blow-by-blow of the album, whether you like it or not, just like Mork did with D12. Oh, fucking hell. Right. You're going to rap every song? <laughs> yo, yo, I'm Paul, but my name's not Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Shears, yo. <laughs> First fucking song on the album. It's come together. I would say probably the best opener to any fucking album ever. I think it's at least up there. Come on, it's come together. Sing it. It's re- you know, it's the one that starts with... Oh, yeah, I can picture it. Come on, yeah. flat up, he got. But yeah, instantly recognizable for the first few seconds of the song, with some of the best bass playing from Paul McCartney and some of the best drum playing from Ringo Starr that the Beatles had ever produced. The songs and the lyrics are all extremely symbolic as well of the Beatles as individuals, and even though they may be drifting apart, they're here to come together for one last album. I like that. Yeah, it's cool, isn't it? Next song, Something. This is my favourite Beatles song. It's a fucking bop. Quite literally, it has everything. Picture-perfect lyrics about what it means to be in love. Interesting yet simple chord progressions and an incredible guitar solo from George, obviously. Do it. And there is... a. No. And there is a reason Frank Sinatra called this song the best love song ever made, because it, it probably, it's up there at least. Can I just ask you, Vinny? What's up? Why do you like that song so much if it's about love? Because I thought that was one of those emotions you couldn't feel. Well, you, don't, you, don't need to, you don't need to be so mean, okay? <laughs> I'm already fucking with you. I'm already fucking with you. What is love? No, I'm just interested because it's like this human emotion. I'm like, how do they, what is that human emotion? I don't quite grasp it. I understand fear and like anger and, but like love? Yeah. What is love? It is intriguing to me, you know. (laughs) Third song on the album, Maxwell Silverhammer. Not gonna lie. Bit of a black sheep of the album. It's a 7 out of 10 in a field full of 10 out of 10s. And even though mm. 
everyone in the band except for Paul fucking hated recording this song. <laughs> it has well over 45 million streams on Spotify alone. So, I mean, it's got, it's not that bad. And I think it's all right. It's just... People still like it now. Yeah, it's just it's just one of those cases where it's the only not masterpiece song. song. Yeah, everything else mm. is so good that this kind of stands out as being... It's decent. It's all right. It's, it's pretty good. But that goes straight into Paul's second song, Oh Darling. Now this goes fucking hard. It's a big, beefy, <laughs> rock, bluesy ballad. Paul's usual clear and smooth vocals weren't going to cut it for this bluesy, big ballad. So Paul intentionally ruined his vocal cords by screaming and recording the song over and over and over again just so that he could get that rough, raspy voice that was perfect for the song. You don't, you know, dedication to the art. Dedication for the craft. That's cool. What actually happened, I heard, was Paul was like, well, Billy Shears couldn't do Paul's voice, could he? (laughs) So he was like, yo, listen, we need to get some other geezer in. (laughs) So then they got... Timmy Shears, then they got his brother. <laughs> Bobby Scissors came over. <laughs> Bobby Scissors. And he did it. Bobby Hedge Clippers. <laughs> <laughs> but that goes into the fourth song, Octopus's Garden. Now, quite honestly, I think this is the only good Ringo song. I genuinely believe that. Yeah. That's probably because George helped him write it. And also. He wrote like the whole thing. He wrote. Well, he wrote. He. Yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> George, he, Rick, uh, you can see it in the documentary. He helps him a lot. He comes up to George. He's like, he's like, hey, George, I've got this song about an octopus. And George is like, okay, Ringo. And he just writes the whole song. <laughs> and, and then everyone's like, Ringo, that's so good. And he's yeah. like, thanks, guys. <laughs> but yeah, it's got one of George's some, one of George's best guitar solos, which is really funny because it's it's a Ringo style song. Every time I think about that, I just think about that. There's a Family Guy skit, which I know all about. Put it on the refrigerator. (laughs) Yeah, we just put this on the refrigerator where everyone can see it. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) That's really good, Ringo. (laughs) Hey, guys, I wrote a song. Oh, that's great. Oh, good, Ringo. Fantastic. You know what? I'm going to put it right here, right on the refrigerator. That way we'll get to see it every day. All right. Yeah, Ringo's best work, even though it's sort of half written by George. That goes into the last song of Side A. I want you, brackets, she's so heavy. Now this is the only Beatles song with a very clear progressive rock influence. It's an almost eight minute banger with the same couple of lines just sung over and over again. It's super like, what's the word? It Entrancing. And it just gets heavier and heavier as it goes on. And it just becomes this giant wall of sound. Super experimental for the Beatles. But somehow, because it's the Beatles, they made it super poppy and catchy. I don't know how they did it, did it even. But That's what I'm it. thinking. Like, I've never heard, I've never listened to this album. I don't actually know that much Beatles stuff. But, like, when you're like, this song fucking slaps, yo. Like, this goes <laughs> so hard. I'm like thinking, holy shit, were they up there in, like, Slipknot Mass? Just like, Octopus! <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> I'm like, I know that's not them. <laughs> yeah, not quite like that, but. <laughs> <laughs> it slaps hard in a slightly. Not in a moshing way. You don't want to mosh to. <laughs> That's what song. I mean, yeah. 
But yeah, and at the darkest moment of the song, like seven and a half minutes in, it just fucking cuts, only to be replaced by Here Comes the Sun. Tonally, a completely opposite song. Lovely, dainty, intricate guitar, beautiful, super catchy. I mean, it's the most popular Beatles song for a reason. It's, It's hard not to like the song. It's hard. It's so catchy. It's so lovely. Enough said. And that goes into the next song, Because, which was inspired by John hearing Yoko playing Moonlight Sonata on the piano. And then when he heard it, he asked her to play it backwards. And she was like, yeah, okay. And then he basically made a song about that. (laughs) The The vocal harmonizations between Paul, John and George are some of the most angelic in the entire Beatles discography here. And... They even triple tracked the song, meaning there's a total of nine voices in the final mix, which just, it's like a big cushion of just fucking angels fucking singing you to sleep. It's beautiful. But that's when the album goes into what's called the Abbey Road Medley, which is a 16-minute section of the album consisting of eight short tracks that all flow perfectly and seamlessly into one another and quite honestly it's my favorite part of any album ever it is just so so good everything is just stitched together perfectly but every song has like the space and freedom to breathe and be their own individual work and this part of the album i think perfectly personified the beatles especially at this point in their lives all of the songs were obviously individually written by them all they didn't have much coordination between each other yet they flowed so seamlessly from one to the other and it just became this big musical orgasm now the beatles have since been known as a band that were greater than the sum of their parts yes they were all brilliant songwriters and also ringo was there but (laughs) they all needed each other's guidance and input to really get the best out of each other, which is why a lot of their solo work wasn't quite as, you know, hit quite the same margins of at least popularity. This part of the album also contains the song You're Gonna Carry That Weight, which again is a perfect song to symbolise the Beatles at this very moment. They all know they're gonna go their separate ways, that they're becoming individuals, individual human beings, not just members of a four-piece band. But even though they've wanted this for years now, they know in the heart of their hearts that they will carry the weight and the burden of being a Beatle for the rest of their lives. It's never going to escape them. I mean, look at Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr. It's still never escaped them. People still know them as Beatles members, even though... Paul is like made like fifty albums since the Beatles. He's made so yeah. much ridiculous. And He's Ringo's Paul probably... McCartney from the Beatles, not Paul McCartney. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So you're gonna carry that weight perfectly. Is just so perfectly emblematic of how the Beatles were at that time and since then as well. And then obviously, Golden Slums is a song in, in this medley, and it's one of Paul's best works, a highlight of his discography. Fantastic song. This medley ends with the song The End. I wonder how they came up with that name. The End quite literally has the one and only drum solo by Ringo Starr in the entirety of the Beatles' work. Really? Really? Yeah, and it goes fucking hard. They actually just let him, like, Ringo, do your thing. 
fucking yeah. start like we're banging breaking up drums. anyway get on with it <laughs> just do what we everyone's just fucking allowed to do it everything Have a treat. <laughs> yeah exactly and it works out perfectly because it, it's a very fucking good fucking drum solo really iconic really good drum solo and it also the song ends with a brilliant line and in the end the love you take is equal to the love you make thus ending the beatles on a beautifully positive message but then there's more because there's a not so secret secret track after the end yes we both have secret tracks yes called her majesty it's a 25 second song about how paul wants to marry the queen (laughs) it's a lovely little tune and it was originally supposed to be nestled in the middle of the whole medley part of the album but the producers made a mistake and accidentally left the song at the end of the record but the beatles liked it so much as this weird hidden song that they left it as is the coolest thing about her majesty is that the guitar melody in the song ends halfway through its cadence so the song ends halfway through like the melody the whole melody so it doesn't it ends like one or two notes short right and you could make the argument that that is the perfect way to end the beatles because it's left the Beatles up in the air as, like, they're never really finished because their last melody ever released, ever recorded, wasn't finished. It was left one or two notes short. So the Beatles have just been left up in the air in the cultural zeitgeist, in our hearts, in our culture, in our blood. (laughs) Wow. But, yeah. (laughs) That is... Wow. (laughs) Wow. You should have said, in our blood, and then yeah, ended. But- can I just... <laughs> Seb, can I... No, before you say anything, because I just feel like something's going on here. Listen, I know Savinny's been talking about perfection and, like, emotion and how it's the perfect send-off for the greatest band of all time and all this really good stuff, right? And you probably... It's probably been a little while since you remember what I was talking about, so I just wanted to make it fair. So just, just don't forget, just don't forget... Stepped in the draw, wave in my foe, foe, blazing that po po, escaping and lay low. Okay, like that kind of perfection as well. Just sorry. I hope that was. I hope that was fair of me to say that. Okay, look. Let me have a thing. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't even Here's finished. The thing. Oh, by the way, I wasn't finished. Oh, oh. I, well, I had a whole conclusion, but it's basically just summarizing what I've just said. It's like the perfect embodiment of the sending off of this incredible band. Everyone had highlights in the. On the album, I mean, George's best work was on this album, Something and Here Comes the Sun, Certified Hood Bangers. <laughs> and also, you can't forget the album cover. Abbey Road album cover, like, it's up there with some of the most iconic album covers. It's up there with Dark Side of the Moon and that one Joy Division cover that everyone likes to fucking put on their shirts. Yeah. Okay, yeah, now I'm finished. <laughs> and also, it has that number plate. Yeah, I've actually got it. I've got a picture of it. On my wall here, actually. And, yeah, I look at it every day trying to look for how Paul died. In that that, that LM fucking 67, whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Linda McCartney, widow at 63 or whatever the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, here's the thing, right? I really went into this with an open mind. <laughs> I really, really, really did. I really did. Oh, no. And I, and I, I wanted to feel... And I was very lucky, and this is an embarrassing thing to say, I've never actually listened to the whole of Abbey Road either. 
Mm. I've never listened to Abbey Road, and I've never listened to um, that D12 one you were going on about. Devil's Night. But Devil's Night, thank you. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> what I said to myself before we started this was that I would crown the one that I wanted to listen to most after you'd finished talking. The one that made me think, right, I really want to go and listen to that. And do you know what, Michael? When you started talking about D12, I thought, fucking hell, we might get this. Because <laughs> I've recently had a bit of a 50 cent renaissance. Mm. I don't know why, but I've just got back into it. And there's something about those big, heavy bops that was exciting to me. And when you started talking about D12, I thought, fuck yeah, do you know what? That's actually a really good shout. No, my hands are so numb. Grandmother sucked my dick and I didn't come. I know exactly what you're talking about, mate. You just gotta listen to that. <laughs> you just gotta listen to that, mate. You hear that? You're like, I gotta listen to oh, it now. No. <laughs> however, 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 the way that Vinny spoke about Abbey Road, I think is probably one of the most passionate and informed and excited performances I've ever judged on Goats. I think. The way you talked about Abbey Road, Vinny, made me want to literally... I'm I'm going to go and listen to it now. I actually am. Like, I am genuinely going to go upstairs and listen to it. And you should, mate. You should. I think that the idea that the greatest band ever finished with probably their greatest album ever and probably the greatest album ever is amazing. And... I've listened to most of the songs you mentioned, but I haven't listened to them all Hmm. in one go. And I'm going to go and do that after this show. I actually am. And as a result of that, I am going to say definitively that Abbey Road is the greatest album of all time. Well done. Yay. I feel like we'd have been probably cancelled forever. If we had said D12 was greater than Abbey Road. No, I I really tried to not go off that. Like, that is me being totally honest. Like, I, I, when we started, when Vinny sent me what he was doing and when I heard what you were doing, I was like, I'm not going to let the kind mm. of what's the right answer affect me. And I really tried. If anything, I'm going to be totally honest. I went in not wanting to pick Abbey Road. Like, when Vinny messaged me Abbey Road, I kind of was thinking, I really want to not pick that because mm. I think it's like quite a bait Overdone answer. Or, yeah. But the way that you spoke about it, the story behind it, and just the, the the music that's on that album and the way it flows together and the way, you know, it just has to be. Yeah. Some things that, very occasionally, some things are just known as the best because they are the best. Yeah. Mm. And I think this is one of those cases. Like GSP. Yeah, like GSP. Well, thank you very much for listening, everyone. I actually really, really enjoyed that. I like a... Do you know what? We like to do the zany ones and ones where we have to like, oh, God, a goat. Oh, how do you pick a goat? But sometimes it's fun to just pick something that's like a big question, like the Mm. fucking greatest album. How the fuck Mm. do you even go at that? And listening to Vinny get excited about that and you, Mork, like you're obviously very passionate about yours, but listening to Vinny get so passionate about Abbey Road was a real pleasure and um thank you Vinny thank you Mork um thank you guys for listening thank you so much
Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for giving us a bunch of money on Patreon. And thanks for sending me all those titty pics. Bye. Love you. Bye. (laughs) Don't forget he likes albums. Love you. Bye. (laughs) I love you. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.